Welcome to Dominion Today with Kevin and Chantel Davis, a podcast where you will learn how to discover your calling, live your purpose, and fulfill your destiny. By listening to these episodes, you'll build the confidence you need to operate in dominion and authority so you can walk in the revelation of the victory that belongs to you in Christ Jesus. Now, here's your host, Kevin Davis. So if you have your Bibles with you this morning, I would love for you to open it up. And I want every single one of you to be expectant. I want you to be expectant. What do I mean by that? Two things. Last week, I introduced to you something that I would love for all of us to do. Not only today, but going forward. Is that when it comes to the moment to honor the Lord with our tithes or our offering, but specifically when we prepare a seed by faith, that every time we approach these offering bowls, we do so by faith. It is never a situation of us just, well, now it's time for the offering. Now let me just see what I have in my pocket or what I have in my wallet and just bring that to the offering bowl. Because then we are giving from the perspective of tipping God or giving or donating to a religious organization or AKA a charity. This is not charitable giving. This is you connecting your faith with a seed so that when you respond by faith and you sow in the anointing, the moment the seed leaves your hand, the moment the finances, now you might not have physical cash in your envelope, but you have mentioned there that it's an EFT or you've made the, the, the payment, you've done that online. It makes no difference. But the envelope is your point of contact. It is your summons. And as you walk and approach the offering bowl and you place the offering into the bowl, the moment the envelope leaves your hand, a transaction has just taken place in the spiritual realm. And this is why we cannot simply sow from the flesh. Because when you sow from the flesh, you will reap from the flesh. When you sow in the spirit, you will reap in the spirit and what is important is that the moment you release that seed whatever amount whatever denomination whatever the value of that which was in and again it's not about the amount ever but God wants us to excel as we excel in everything the word of God says that we should also excel in the grace of giving so in other words there needs to be an excellence associated with our giving so it speaks of us bringing our best it is not just well you know and also if it is that the level at which you are giving has plateaued you might start off with the 50 cent then you might progress as the Lord gives you increase because the moment you begin to apply kingdom principles the Lord gives you the increase that's his word and that is why we sow by faith because we stand on God's word. This is why we do not give just because now we stirred up and now we motivated to give. You should never be motivated to give. You should certainly not be hyped up to give. But the place where you start is not the place where you will end in Jesus name. But what needs to happen is a paradigm shift within your mind. The way in which you think. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, the Bible says. 
Because there's many people where even within their, in, in their mindset, it's been ingrained into them that they are a poverty case. That they are the ones who should receive and they are certainly not the ones who will ever give. Until the Lord begins to challenge you. Because so many people have gotten so comfortable in always just being on the receiving end. But now the challenge is coming. Will you now be in the place where you will be in the better position, which is the position of the giver? Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. So what do I mean by that? Is that you might start at the 50 cent as a seed, because that's maybe the place where you're at this morning. But by the grace of God, it will become five rand the next time, become 50 rand the next time, 500 rand the next time. I'm telling you, there's something that begins to happen the moment you begin to sow a seed that's 1,000 rand, that's 5,000 rand, that's 10,000 rand. This is how Chantal and I have challenged ourselves. We, every year we, we aim, this is our goal, is to sow a bigger seed than we sowed the year before. And every year we've seen it. I mean, in, in fact, it's not even just been a gradual. It's been like, this is what the Lord does. You know, so even going to like an event, a Christian event, a conference, or, or whatever might be the case. You might have been the one, one year, you know, you were blessed to go. Someone, it, it could even just be local. You don't have to think about American context for now. Even just local, or even just coming to church. You know, you might catch a lift with someone here. There's nothing wrong with that. But you know what? I want to be able to challenge you in that area where you begin to apply your faith so that instead of you just having to look for a lift with someone because you do not currently have either the finances for fuel if you have a vehicle or you might not have a vehicle, is that you will position yourself by faith that you would sow seed into that particular area so that when God looks upon that seed and, and it is honored by faith, by your faith in which you have stepped out and have sowed it in the anointing. What begins to happen all of a sudden is a shift from where you were the one seeking lifts, seeking opportunities to get somewhere. All of a sudden you are positioned and elevated into a position and a place where you are blessed with a vehicle so that now you can post on the church's WhatsApp group or on some sort of bulletin board, or on the Somerset West Community Facebook group, and say, hey, I'm going to church tomorrow. I've got space there for three people. Who would like to go with me? It's not going to cost you anything. You see, this is how God establishes people, by raising them up. But we are not going to get there unless we make the conscious decision that I will sow seed by faith. So what I introduced to you last week is that not to necessarily wait for the moment until I've said, lift up your envelope, let's pray over the seed, come to the front. But the moment that God speaks to you, the moment He speaks to you about some, something specific, and it is something that you know you have to connect your faith to in that moment, is that you would then prepare your seed if you have not already done so and it is at that moment that you quietly leave your seat and you come to the offering bowl and you release the seed in the spirit because the moment the seed leaves your hand it is stripped of its monetary value and it becomes a spiritual force that's what happens in this realm of the spirit
You know, if only we could really just open our eyes to that which truly happens in the realm of the Spirit. It's not, you know, people still look with carnal eyes to everything in a church environment. We're carnal-minded. You know, it all becomes a matter of, you know, what do I have on? You know, what am I wearing? What is the next person wearing? What is the pastor wearing? You know, the aesthetic of the room. You know, the, 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 the size of the font of the lyric. You know, carnal-mindedness. Last week, Sunday, there would be those who would be in a meeting like we were. And then we'll just say, well, what's so, what's so special about thunder and lightning? We have it all the time. No, no. But to those who were inclined in the realm of the Spirit could easily identify the difference. There was something different. There was something supernatural about that moment in time. And so I want to encourage you to let go of those things which are of this earthly realm. To not set your sights on things that are on the earth, but to set your sights on things that are above. And so we will have an opportunity at the end, yes, to receive the offering, to receive the tithes, the offerings, and as people want to bring a seed, sow a particular seed into a particular area. But I do not want you to feel that you do not have the privilege of getting up quietly from your seat at any moment of any day of any meeting we would ever have. That is a principle that I want you to, to grab a hold of that it becomes ingrained within us as dominion church so that even if we go and we attend another church service that it has become part of your way of thinking how you conduct yourself so that when the man of God releases a word and it is something that connects with your spirit about something particular that God has spoken to you about and you have already prepared your seed and you want to go to the front and lay it on the altar even if there's no offering bowls you lay it down on the altar and this is why we do not just have bags just going through because then it becomes collection because then it becomes a situation of just you know sort of tipping or well now it's the time for those if that is the attitude rather not give anything if the attitude is well, that is not my word. It is any If that is the attitude, do not give anything, because you will not reap from the spirit if you sow in the flesh. And so, make sure that you set your sights on things that are above. Take God at His word, and see what He's going to do for you, and your family, and your business in jesus name and so i want us to get ready this morning and i just feel the presence of the lord already just on this so we're going to continue our series on the god of miracles signs and wonders and what i particularly want to deal with this morning is to deal with those things that were perceived to be dead and yet it is alive it is alive and so i would love for you to open up the bible to john chapter 11. john chapter 11 and i'm going to read then from verse 38. 
But what I want to share with you as we get ready and as we find that particular scripture, John 11, is that there are many Christians who possess what we can refer to as a yesterday faith. These are people who have seen God move in the past. They would even open up the word of God and they will identify by reading the book of Acts or even some of the acts that occurred in the Old Testament times. The dedication of the tabernacle, the dedication of the temple of God. How God would come with His fullness of His glory. So there is no denying that God is who He says He is, but they refer to these supernatural acts as that of the past, things of the past. There's even Christians today who refer to themselves as cessationists. That means that they believe the gifts of the Spirit ceased at the death of the last apostle. They do not believe in signs, wonders, and miracles today. So there are people, there are Christians then even, who possess what can be referred to and classified as yesterday faith. You might even consider your own life and you might look back even fondly as to the times just a few months ago or a few years ago when God truly did something supernatural in your life. But now you've gotten to that place where you haven't seen something on that kind of level as yet or again. And you can so easily begin to find yourself belonging to that first group of Christians who are classified as yesterday Christians. Yesterday Christians possessing a yesterday faith. But then there are also those who possess what can be referred to as tomorrow faith. These are the tomorrow Christians. Because for them, everything is reserved for one day in heaven. Yendach is yendach. One day is one day. One day when my ship comes in, they will say. Or they've just given up hope when it comes to this earthly life. And they are truly just setting their sights of one day in heaven. I might suffer on this earth. It might be hell on earth for me right now, but oh, one day in heaven. These are tomorrow Christians who possess a tomorrow faith where everything regarding the blessing of God, where everything with regards to prosperity and success and you becoming a person of value is reserved for one day in the future. But then there are those who possess what we can only describe and define as now faith. These are now Christians who possess a now faith so that they can believe in a now God and receive a now miracle. That's what we're talking about. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, now faith is the substance of things hopeful, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith. You see, it requires a now faith in a now God for a now miracle. Because we cannot truly say that I have a now faith in a now God, but simply refer to miracle signs and wonders of yesterday or of tomorrow. 
But we fail to believe or see that he is the God of now. And so in John chapter 11, verse 38 in the New King James, it says in verse 38, Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead now four days. You can highlight those words, four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Of God you can underline that entire verse that entire line have I not told you that if only you would just believe you will today see the glory of God those words are echoing into all of eternity and it is relevant for us even here right here right now it's as though we can hear the echo of Jesus's words spoken 2,000 years ago is relevant for us did I not tell you if you would only just believe you would see the glory of God? What is the glory of God? It is God's holiness displayed. It is His splendor, His awe, His majesty put on display. Have you ever considered an eagle? In America, the eagle is a big thing. It's a symbol of America. The bold eagle. You know, you can be imprisoned if you even are found in possession of a feather of the bald eagle. That's how they protect the bald eagle. Now, an eagle, a bald eagle in particular, when it is seen in its nest, and you might only see the head stick out, it's still a bald eagle, right? It's still an eagle. But you see, the moment that eagle gets out of the nest and opens its wings. What do we say when we look on from below to the majestic eagle above in full flight? We say, behold the glory of the eagle. It is the eagle that is seen in the fullness of its glory. And that is the same when it comes to God. There are things that God wants to do. How He wants to reveal Himself to you. How He wants to reveal Himself to all of the people in this entire region. For all to see the fullness of His glory. That is what God is doing in this hour. But if only you would just believe today. If only you would just believe right here and right now. God promises that you will see the glory of God. And this is why I would not be surprised that when we begin to operate in the realm of the glory, not just the anointing, but the glory, that is God Himself going to work. 
It's where people all of a sudden, I'm seeing a vision even right now of Dominion Church going forward is that when the preaching of the word goes forth, there will be those who will spontaneously just stand up from their seats who will begin to jump and leap and praise God and testify and say, I have just been healed. I came into this place in a wheelchair, but I have just stood up because my God, the creator of the heavens and the earth has just fashioned something new on the inside of me that blind eyes will open up, that deaf ears will open up that the lame and the cripple will walk again for he is the God of miracle signs and wonders come on if you believe that with me just shout a voice of triumph unto him for he is good hallelujah amen verse 41 then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was laying and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said father I thank you that you have heard me And I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that I or that you have sent me. Isn't it incredible that Jesus just takes all of these little moments as mentoring moments? Saying out loud for everyone to hear, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. And then he said, well, Lord, Father, I know that you hear me always, but I'm saying this for the benefit of those around me. Don't you just love Jesus? Even in such a situation, he is teaching, he's mentoring, he is showcasing something for us, modeling something for all of us to follow. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice and he said, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound, hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. You see, this is why it is important that even after you have been called out of darkness, out of death, out of bondage, and you come out of that kingdom of darkness and you step into the kingdom of light. Lazarus still had his grave clothes on, representing his old state. His old nature. He was dead. That is why it would be befitting for him to wear grave clothes. But now that he has come back to life, he is no longer in need of grave clothes. But because he came out bound, you see, they would tightly bind up the body. And so when Lazarus came forth, he didn't actually, hey, who's that? Isaac, Isaac. He didn't do that. He would have been jumping like this. Because he was tightly bound. Which is why Jesus then had to say to those around, loose him. Because he could not do that himself. And this is why we need to understand that there is also a need for deliverance. Even though God called you out of the kingdom of darkness into his kingdom of light. There's certain things that you might have to just get checked out. Certain areas in your life, certain habits that have been formed, certain character traits that have been defined, that you would get to that place where you would submit yourself to others who would be able to speak into your life. Lazarus could have said, well, God raised me, God will do the rest. And Lazarus would have just hopped around like that. Stubbornness. 
is the culprit behind people being set free totally, utterly, once and for all. Stubbornness. The Bible says that stubbornness is equal to idolatry. Rebellion is equal to witchcraft, but stubbornness is equal to idolatry. So if you are a person who is stubborn, that you are a stubborn person, you might even embrace that label. And then some people would even say, Insert your last name here. And people embrace that. And they actually embrace it to the point where it actually now becomes part of their identity. They begin to settle for the fact that this is who they are. This is who I am and I will not be changed. That's stubbornness. It is equal to idolatry. In other words, you might literally find yourself in a place where you could quite literally just bow down to a physical statue of Baal, Buddha or whatsoever else. God looks at stubbornness the same way as he looks as those who will bow down before a statue and worship it. There is no separation. Stubbornness in the eyes of God, he reveals, is equal to idolatry. So what we must remember is this, two things. Is that with God, impossibilities become opportunities. Just think about that statement for a moment. Never get discouraged when you face a supposed impossibility in the natural. You say, that sounds horrible. How can I get excited even? How can there be any hope within me when I face a situation in the natural that seems seemingly hopeless, impossible? It is because you have simply reached the limit of what you know of what others know and how to address the situation. So in essence, that setback is an opportunity. It is a setup, allowing God into that space and utilizing that as an opportunity to reveal the fullness of His majesty and His glory. So you might face an impossibility that situation that you are looking at, no matter how dire it is, whether it's in your health, whether it's in your finances, whether it's in your family, that impossibility is an opportunity from God's perspective. That God is not glorified, that's number two. God is not glorified by our sin, our sickness or our poverty. That God is glorified by our deliverance, by our salvation, by our prosperity and success. Do not believe this lie that somehow, you know, it's, it's good for you to be poor, depressed, miserable, unhealthy. God is not glorified in that. God is glorified in your prosperity, in your deliverance 
in your salvation, in your breakthrough, in your victory. That is what He wants for every single one of you. In Jesus' name. So the word came to Jesus that Lazarus is sick. But then verse 6 reveals that Jesus waits two days to respond. Imagine that. News comes. Lazarus, your friend, is at the brink of death. Will you come? Jesus gets that message. And, you know, and what does he do? Nothing for two days. If Jesus was a pastor in 2022, three quarters at least of the church would have been offended. They would have slammed him on Facebook, Twitter, and every other social media network. We thought he was a man of God. He had nothing else to do, but he did not go when he was needed. I mean, I get messages on social media. Just two weeks ago, there was this lady, Afrikaans Atani. She sends me an inbox, a messenger message. So I see the messages pop up. I don't use Facebook Messenger, okay? Just putting it out there. So I see this message from this Afrikaans Satani sending me a message in Afrikaans saying, Kevin, ek moet met jou praat. Now please never just send me a message with hi. How are you? Send me a message. And I promise you I will respond to your message. Even at length if required. At my earliest convenience. But I do not have the time to chat with you. Hey, hi. Hi. How are you? Good and you. By the grace of God, I'm good. How are you? I do not have the time to chat with you. If you need a pen pal, there are many websites out there where you can seek a pen pal. I'm not going to be your pen pal. So she sends me this message, Kevin, can on So I see this, but I'm in a meeting. And about 40 minutes later or so, I get this new message that from her as well. As she poof, yeah, it pops up on my, on my phone. Hello? Question more, question more, question more. <laughs> okay. So I'll be honest with you, there was a reaction in the flesh in that moment. And yet, I did not give in to temptation. I did not respond. I just left it. I'm in a meeting. I need to deal with this. Then I will get back to you. You know what's sad? Is by the time my meeting had ended, now we're talking in the span of like two hours, I clicked on the message to be able to reply to her. And she blocked me. I could not actually even interact with her profile anymore. It just said like it, something went wrong. It doesn't exist. She blocked me. Just because I did not immediately, when she said, Kevin ons moet praat, I did not leave everything, excuse myself from a meeting with people that I needed to engage with, to speak with someone I do not even know. I'm going to now leave everything, speak to you. And then by the time I had some time to respond, it's someone had poof, block. Jesus waited two days. He did nothing. 
Can you imagine the disciples? Jy weet as jy moet rui, en as iemand in die huis, wat nog nie klaar gepak is nie. For some of you, it takes you back just one hour ago. I mean, I'm telling you, Sunday mornings, all I hear in the realm of the spirit is hooting. Toot, 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 toot. There's a lot of noise in the spirit on a Sunday morning between the hours of 7 and 8.35. <laughs> so you can imagine the situation among the disciples. Jesus, this is your friend. He is a nut. He is a need. But Jesus does nothing. So he wasn't even really busy. He wasn't busy with some sort of conference or crusade. He could have just walked and left, but he did not. And so understand, again, there will be moments where there will be most likely, most certainly, most definitely opportunities that you will be presentative, that you will be presented with to take offense. I will give you many opportunities for you to be offended. I promise you. But now the question is, how will you respond? Because again, Jesus now actually does go, two days after he goes, well, Jesus, where were you? My brother's now been dead four days. You know, if only you were here on time, my brother would not have died. They could have said to him, well, we don't even want you here. There you go. Not only would their brother not be raised back to life, but they would have missed out on one of the greatest demonstrations of the power of God at play. Never take offense. It not only separates you from the person you are offended with, it separates you from the heart of God. And it's not just, I'm not just talking about being offended with me as the man of God. I'm talking about even in among your interpersonal relationships with one another in this local church. Do not be offended. So Jesus waited two days and then he responded. Interestingly, after the two days of waiting, in verse 11, he finally says, well, let us go and wake up Lazarus. Now, Jesus did not say, well, Lazarus is dead. He never confessed the fact that Lazarus is dead. He simply said, let us go and wake up Lazarus. Why is that? Because there's no difference. It makes no difference. So the two days actually makes no difference. Whether it was now the two days or like the woman with the issue of blood who suffered for 12 years. Or like the man there at the pool of Bethesda who suffered for 38 years. It makes no difference. It really, bottom line, makes no difference. The condition, the external circumstances, whatever the issue is or was that caused either the illness or the death, it's inconsequential to the resurrection power of God. Because Jesus steps into the scene. And as he approaches Martha and Mary, the atmosphere is primed for God to make the seemingly impossible 
situation possible. So I want to say this to you. No matter what happens, never quit. Never give up. Never quit believing. Never quit praying. Never quit confessing. But maybe greater even, never quit praising God. Praising God ahead of time. Praising Him amidst the storm. Praising Him in a way that Paul and Silas did in Acts chapter 16. Where they were after they were beaten and bruised and battered. And chained and shackled in the deepest, darkest part of the dungeon. It was close to midnight. The next day was uncertain. They did not know whether they were going to get beaten more the next day or even executed the next morning. But it was close to midnight and they began to praise Him. We all of the prisoners joined in and could hear them. They did not say quiet. Because the holy presence of God filled that place. And when the breakthrough came, the earthquake came, the shackles and the chains fell off them. But not only did it fall off Paul and Silas, the initiators of the praise, the shackles and chains fell off every single one in that jail who would hear and receive and who would actually also join in and praise God. You see, Mary and Martha had a yesterday faith. They had seen Jesus perform miracles. And they were saying, well, if only you were here, my brother would not have died. They traveled with Jesus before. They, they, they saw miracles before. They had a yesterday faith. They also had a tomorrow faith. Because they said, you know what, Jesus, we know that he will rise again. You know, in the last day, he will rise. So they had a tomorrow faith. But now, all that was the reality for them was my brother is dead. That was the revelation in the now. The revelation of yesterday was, Jesus, you are the son of the living God. You are the miracle worker. And Jesus, you are the one who will come and all of us will be resurrected. We will be with you in all of eternity. They had the yesterday faith, they had the tomorrow faith, but the now was lacking. And you know what? If we're brutally honest, Mary and Martha is not alone in this situation. Because sadly, this is true for most, if not the overwhelming majority of Christians today. You've seen God move before. You can talk about the testimonies, but I'm, I'm telling you, you need, to be have, you need to be able to have a testimony of what God did last week. If not you personally, then be part of a church that has testimonies of what we can talk about what God did last week. Can you say amen? amen? You know, I get upset when I hear some Christians talk, you know, even on some large international platforms. The only, you know, you, you know the stories by now. Because it's no longer even just preaching. It's just all reminiscing about the good old days. You know, back in 1985, when God moved, you know, he's been moving. You were the one who got off the train, sitting at the station waiting for better days. God has continued and He has been moving. The only difference is He's been moving without you because He actually does not need you. 
So if it is that your testimony is becoming stale, and I say that with the greatest amount of respect and reverence because I'm not downplaying what God has done in your life. But what I'm saying is there's more testimonies that's about to erupt, to, 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 to move out and, up, what's the word, erupt from within you. Sorry, I don't know Afrikaans and I correct not know English. To erupt from within you. For those testimonies to erupt once again. So if it is the only testimony you have of God's faithfulness and His goodness and His promises made manifest is from 10 years ago, come on, it's time that you put your faith out there. It's time that you prepare a seed of faith and say, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to take you at your word. I'm going to put you to the test when it comes to my tithe and when it comes to my offering. I'm positioning myself. I'm applying myself. I'm not only just going to sit here and warm this chair, which doesn't need you to warm it, but you're, gonna, you're not just going to sit here. You're going to take notes. You're going to read it. You're going to study it. You're going to apply it. And you're going to become all that God has called you to be. Come on, if you are of those, just give Him praise. And so like Mary and Martha, you need a miracle. You need the resurrection power of God to manifest on your behalf. It may be in your finances, maybe in your family. You might even need a resurrection in your marriage. It might be in your health. It might be that you need the resurrection power of God to drive sickness and disease out of your body. It may be mentally or emotionally. That you've been attacked in your mind or your emotions, a spirit of fear or a spirit of heaviness that's been on you. Or maybe it's your children, that they're rebelling against you and your authority and also rebelling against God's authority. And they're making your life miserable. Remember the words of Jesus when he said, if only you would believe, you will see the glory of God. And so I prophesy in the name of Jesus. That whatever has been dragging you down, whatever has been holding you back, that mountain moves now in Jesus' name. Only believe and you will see the glory of God. That from this moment you will go from faith to faith, glory to glory, victory to victory in Jesus' name. And come on, if you receive it, just take two seconds and just praise Him once more. You see, God is not looking for a yesterday faith. He's not looking for a tomorrow faith. He is looking for a now faith. People who say, I have a now faith in a now Jesus for that now miracle. And, and this is not just something I'm saying right here in the now. This is something I want you to meditate on going forward from this day. Not to wait for a Sunday morning service when Pastor Kevin gaan weer een woord release, dan is ek weer reg. Even when I'm not there, that you will be reminded of these words that I have in now faith. To confess it yourself. Because I'll be honest with you, I'm in exactly the same situation as all of you are in. I face things every day. I have to deal with challenges every day. There are many storms that I have to contend with pretty much every week. So I'm no different. 
And it's not as though I have some sort of direct line to heaven that none of you have. So I also have to dig deep and begin to delve into the depth of the revelation that I carry within to identify the reason for the storm, to identify what is happening, why is this happening, to understand the workings or the inner workings of the realm of the spirit, to understand that there are certain demonic forces, demonic agendas against you, against that which you stand for, against your family, against your business, against your destiny. And you have to contend for that on a daily basis. Because otherwise the devil is just going to walk all over you. And Christians are so polite. Christians see the devil come and it's like, Come on Lucifer, come on. Come sit a bit. Coffee of tea. Dapa oma. That is how many Christians deal with the devil. You need to develop within you a holy anger, a holy discontent. I love that word, the English. It clings so much A holy discontent. In other words, it's something that that the moment it happens you need to respond as Jesus did where you even see the enemy approach you go and you make a whip so that when that enemy comes even one step closer you are ready to meet it whip in hand so getting back to our message is that God is not looking for a yesterday faith he's not looking for a tomorrow faith he's looking for a now faith so make the decision today as to where you're at. You see, Jesus is the one who reveals himself to be the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What does that mean? It means that he is the God of yesterday. He is the God of tomorrow, but he's also the God of now. He is the eternal great I am. It means that even outside of time, even when time no longer is, he still is. For he is the eternal I am. That outside of time, he still will be I am. Not I was, not I will be, but simply I am. When Moses said to the burning bush, well, who would I say has sent me? That is the first time that God reveals his intimate name to man, saying, Tell them simply that I am has sent you. When you actually consider it, he has no name. He just is. <laughs> because a name wouldn't do injustice. Even to reveal some of his characteristics. And there are many that we can read from the word of God. About who he is, about his nature. But even that would not come close to who he is. For he is the eternal I am. 
That is why the angels who encircle his throne, all they can ever say is holy, 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 holy. It's been happening and it will forever happen. The word holy simply means different. That's what it means, different. So in other words, every time they encircle the throne of God, and they've been at this now for a long time. Every time they do one rotation around the throne of God, something different is revealed about the character and nature of God. There's something different. There's something new. But meanwhile, here on earth, we want to get back to this place where, same old, same old. If you're part of a church that is a same old, same old, it's time for you to step into the new. I'm not saying that to you. I'm saying this to those who are listening to Spotify right now. Some of you will get it later. <laughs> but what God spoke to me about this morning is He revealed to me once again that your miracle is here now. That your deliverance is here now. Your healing is here now. Your restoration is here now. Your breakthrough is here now. Your resurrection is here now. Many people point to the historical Jesus or to the future Jesus. And yet they miss the Jesus in the now. And so I feel faith rising up even across this room. I believe that there are some who are possessors and you are listening to me this morning. Even as I feel in the spirit, there are those who are placing a demand on the anointing of God even right now. There are those who are placing a demand on the power of God. That somebody is stretching out their hand of faith. That somebody is going to be different today. You're going to walk out of this place as a new person today. That somebody is snatching their miracle today. You might say, I stink. I have been dead not four days. I've been dead a long time. It makes no difference. For as the word of the Lord came forth that day, so the word of the Lord is coming through even this morning saying to you, come forth. Come forth come forth now that call is you can say it serves a dual purpose for some it means to come forth out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light to come forth out of bondage of slavery and sin and to come into a place of acceptance of righteousness and holiness but for others it also could mean coming forth and stepping into the reality of your true identity, your purpose, and your destiny. To come forth. Because for too long, you've just played around. For too long, you've just been on idle. You've just been on autopilot. The seasons have changed. The years have gone by, but you have not seen any progress in your life. There's been no productivity. Come forth into his life and into his eternal purpose 
of which every single one of us are a part. Thank you for listening all the way to the end. If you'd like to help Kevin and Chantel reach and impact this generation, thank you in advance for sharing this episode with your world. If you have enjoyed Dominion today, follow Kevin and Chantel on Instagram, Facebook, and your favorite podcast platform, or connect with them online at dominion.org.za.